0: Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast, followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light. The private writings of the Saint of Calcutta. Chapter 8, continued. Section 14. The darkness is becoming greater. Mother Teresa's efforts at helping the neediest continue to attract attention and recognition in the local press. Mother Teresa needs no introduction to Calcutta. Her zeal and compassion have touched every remote corner of the city. She has met opposition and the maddening disregard for our vast problem of human distress with a defiance belying her frailty. Mother to innumerable abandoned children, companion to the dying and destitute, succor to the diseased, she has carried the battle against suffering to fields never before considered and hardly known. At the same time, she shared with Archbishop Perrier her increasing interior struggle. Please pray for me. The longing for God is terribly painful. And yet the darkness is becoming greater. What contradiction there is in my soul. The pain within is so great that I really don't feel anything for all the publicity and the talk of the people. Please ask Our Lady to be my mother in this darkness. While in darkness, Mother Teresa was still able to promptly recognize and appreciate the graces she received, sharing them at times with her confessors. When I went to your chapel to thank Jesus, there I received a tremendous grace. I shall tell you next Thursday. Please thank Jesus for what he gave. In June 1958, in a letter to Father Prakatchi, she acknowledged one more grace. You must have prayed much for me. I have found real happiness in suffering. But the pain is sometimes unbearable. You don't know how miserable and nothing I am. Mother Teresa did not enjoy suffering for the sake of suffering. In fact, she found it almost unbearable. But she treasured the opportunity of being united to Jesus on the cross and showing him her love. The mad desire she had when she was at the peak of consolation in the months following the inspiration in 1946 still burned within her heart. Pray that I may love God with a love with which he has never been loved before. What a foolish desire. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God are guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, gentle God of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Philip Neri used to tell people that the Lord who allows us to undergo dryness in prayer the Lord who takes away our consolations can restore them in an even greater degree if we persevere. He strongly encouraged people when they were faced with times of dryness or discouragement. To even go to its saints individually like beggars in the street begging them for spiritual alms. And sometimes even to go to their churches. To travel, to go on a little pilgrimage and beg for spiritual alms. Well, Mother Teresa is kind of like that, isn't she, in today's reading? In the sense that she's not going to the saints, but she's going to her spiritual fathers, who may be saints, but they're certainly not canonized yet. And what's she doing? She's begging them for prayers. Please pray for me. She's like a beggar in the street with the archbishop. She puts before him her terrible pain. She puts before him the things she's suffering, like the beggar does in the street why they need money, why you have to give them money. But she doesn't want physical money, she wants prayers. She wants Our Lady to be her mother in the darkness. She also asks her confessors to pray. Thank God. Please thank God, she says. She doesn't even trust her own ability to thank him sufficiently. She wants others to thank him for her. And she gives credit to these prayers. She thinks that the prayers of her spiritual father have won for her a certain consolation, a tremendous grace. In other words, God does mix things up. Even in the midst of darkness, he sometimes mixes things up, interspersing consolation and desolation, darkness and light. In the midst of Mother Teresa's darkness, what does she have? A burning longing a burning desire. Again, where is this coming from? Well, the best explanation, it seems to me, is that it's coming from the theological virtue of hope in her soul. Theological hope has God as its object, but it also goes in a second direction towards God as the means by which the end will be given. Hope is complex. It hopes for God. It hopes for union with God. It hopes for loving God. But it also leans on God to give what's needed to obtain the object of the hope. And in this case, Mother Teresa burns with a longing for Jesus, God the Son. And she leans on him to give her the grace and the strength to go forward. She longs to love him as he's never been loved before. This is what she wants. This is a desire. And that is based in the virtue of hope. And part of the darkness, it seems, is that God is giving himself to her so much. He's pulled her so close to himself that the light and the closeness is blinding her. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the conviction of things unseen, St. Paul says in the letter to the Hebrews. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith believes, accepts, knows, as revealed by God, the things it hopes to obtain. And so there's this interesting thing going on in Mother Teresa's soul right now, where her faith seems dark and empty. And then there's this burning hope in her for God. And it's causing this tension. She calls it a kind of contradiction in her soul. She can't understand it, how there can be so much darkness and so much longing. It's pulling her apart. This is where hope comes in. Who alone can sustain her in this state? The Lord himself. The Lord can hold her in this crucifixion as she's purified, as she enters into the sufferings of so many people who don't have faith. It's very interesting, isn't it? This intense faith that she has, that's so intense, as being so perfected, resembles in her experience, in a way, what it's like not to have faith, so that she can go through this for all those who don't yet believe. And she can sympathize with them. So let us not be discouraged if we're going through a trial. Let's not forget that our lives are connected to other people in the mystical body of Christ. And it may be embarrassing what we're going through. It may be frustrating that we've even sinned, that we've fallen. It may be difficult to grasp. But what we're going through is not only for ourselves and our own salvation for the salvation of other people too. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.